0: Hello and welcome to episode 151 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is still most of them, and talk about the good, the bad, and the rubbin'. This week we're going to be talking about Days of Thunder on your Hit the Pace Car podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Mandy K if you would like to talk nineties race car movies with me.
1: <laughs> and I'm Matthew Vose. I'm on Twitter at Matthew Vose. Uh we're now in January, so reset the count on fifty two films by women. Let's once more from the top.
0: <laughs> and these have to be fifty two different movies from the ones you watched in twenty nineteen?
1: Uh no. I think I think like having now done a, you know, fifty two films by women hard mode
0: version. Right.
1: Now I can just do fifty-two films. Okay, fine. That's yeah. Okay. You know, bleep bloop. Ten achievement points, <laughs> and move on.
0: <laughs> I'm super impressed that you finished the hard mode.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Super impressed. That's fantastic.
1: And then, uh, and then randomly went over it with a film I did not know it was directed by a woman, uh, a woman that <laughs> was like, oh, cool. This film that I've not watched all year. <laughs> <laughs> that was a snow globe Christmas. If you're interested.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Awesome.
1: Days of Thunder.
0: Or as I like to call it, Top Gun with race cars.
1: Mhm. Do you want to tell us what it's about or is that now our summary?
0: I mean, I think that's the summary cuz yeah. IMDb doesn't know what this movie is about. Oh, really? Yeah. IMDb, hang on, let me let me pull it up because mm. it's not it's not what this movie is about. IMDb says, "A young hotshot stuck car driver gets his chance to compete at the top level." Okay. That's not what this movie's about. Because One, he's not a hotshot stock car driver. He's never driven a stock car in his life before this movie starts. Okay. And, I mean, he gets to drive in NASCAR. I mean, he... he it's about a guy who races and... <laughs> is it about the guy?
1: More. I mean, I mean, is this actually Robert DeVille's story? Mm.
0: Actually, I... I think it is more Harry's story than it is mm. Cole's story, but it's... Plot-wise, there's not a whole lot going on here. <laughs>
1: it's a little thin. <laughs> so uh, it's really
0: kind of hard to give you a synopsis.
1: Can Let's do this at the top, because we might need to refer back to this. NASCAR okay. and NASCAR. stock stock car. Can you give us the, you know elevator pitch 30 seconds about them explanation
0: I mean NASCAR is the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing okay okay in case you were unaware of that it does actually mean something right Um, and they say this in the movie they're called stock cars because the cars are all supposed to be the same there are rules okay. in place okay that in general I mean you tweak something here and you tweak something there but it's not like everybody's supposed to be on equal footing it's about the driving not the cars right
1: Okay. Uh do we want to talk any more about the fact certainly to to me it is a Southern American sport? Apparently
0: nope? it is a Southern American sport. Mm. I honestly didn't know this. Okay. I I didn't. I read like I found this out yesterday. <laughs> 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 I was reading an article um, that was about Days of Thunder. And it specifically said that in 1990, it was not yet a national even phenomenon. It was regional to the Southeast United States, which is where I grew up. So my whole life, NASCAR has been a thing. Okay. Um, every weekend, like just listening to this movie was like transporting me back to my childhood. Okay. Because the sounds of race cars around a track are the sounds of my childhood right um all of the time that i spent at my grandparents on holidays you know vacations christmas birthdays whatever if it was a weekend during race season it was on the television
1: okay okay um
0: my i am not a racing fan particularly i personally think it's boring to watch a car drive around in circles for hours
1: Okay, you said it. That's, just, just quickly. Sort of yeah, I know. Okay. I know. I said it. It's, it's completely
0: fine. But my family is, is not. My family. Um, I have race car drivers in my family. They, they haven't made it to like national NASCAR level. Like they're right. still doing okay. local. Like there are local race tracks in North Carolina for sure that I know of. Right. Um, and, and they, you know, they build their cars and and all of that thing, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's it's very much a sport that my family is involved in, even if I am not personally. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have been to races, you know, to cheer on family. And okay, um, nice. my granny and papa took me to a NASCAR level race when I was younger. Awesome. You know, so it's it's just a thing, and it's it's always been so ingrained in my life that I mm-hmm. honestly didn't know that it was regional, yeah. and I know yeah. it's more national now. Um at least in the United... I don't know that it's global. Yeah, it's definitely it's not definite international. <laughs> it's definitely national. Um, but I honestly always thought it was like football or basketball, and it's just something everybody did
1: mm-hmm. okay,
0: or okay. knew about or liked or something. Because
1: so. I think I've never quite twigged that NASCAR and stock car racing are the same thing. Okay. I, I think if I if I'd really thought about it, yes, it probably would have come together. But in my head, stock car was... Trashy cars, numbers graffitied on the side, smashing into each other as they go around a track.
0: That is the beginnings of stock car racing, yes. Right. That's That's stock car racing before you get to the national level. Okay,
1: okay. Um, yes. And so it's largely a track that is either an oval or a quadrilateral, mm-hmm. a four-sided shape but with corners. Yes. Um And they're all the same thing, so it comes down to the driving. So presumably, just the bravery and knowledge for each corner of how fast you take each corner is basically the thing.
0: I, I think so. And your pit strategy—that's certainly what this movie set it up to be, okay. right?
1: Because obviously, over here, Formula One is the thing in terms of uh, like car racing, and 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 there are formulas beneath that, but that is the big one,
0: right? I I didn't know what Formula One racing was until probably I was in college because I thought all car racing was NASCAR racing.
1: Yeah. So it's not big in the States, although there is now a US Grand Prix. So it probably has gained in traction over Mm -hmm. the last few years. Um, But that is, you know, there could be 20 or 30 corners. Some of them are hairpins. Some of them are gentle. Lots of straights. Lots of different elements to it. Chicanes and the overtaking of the pits is all part of it. But in some ways, it makes it less exciting because it's so difficult to overtake. Right. Because right. the margins are so fine at the top level. This, certainly the way it's implied in this, is he can catch up and overtake the whole field in a couple of laps.
0: I feel like that is Hollywood magic.
1: Okay. Is that Tom Cruise exceptionalism? I think so. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Fine. Good. That is our little primer on NASCAR. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give you a primer on Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder is a 1990 sports action drama film directed by Tony Scott, story by Robert Town and Tom Cruise, starring Cruise, Robert Duvall, Michael Rooker, Randy Quaid, Kerry Owens, and Nicole Kidman. The film also features real NASCAR racers. Critics were not impressed with the film. A line from Wikipedia says criticism was aimed at the unrealistic special effects, characters, screenplay, acting, dialogue, and the similarities to Top Gun. Just one or two things then.
0: Okay, I'm confused about what they're calling unrealistic special effects.
1: I'm assuming the car racing didn't gel with them?
0: I mean, it looked like car racing to me. Okay. I didn't, nothing stood out to me as being unrealistic.
1: Okay. Character, screenplay, acting, dialogue, and similarities to Top Gun, however, possibly (laughs) more fair criticism. (laughs) Fair enough. Despite tensions on set and dubious behavior from cast and crew, and a heavily inflated budget as the production went on, and a reduction in budget after Tom Cruise did not win an Oscar, the film was eventually a financial success. It earned $157 million against a $60 million budget. Which started off at about thirty-five million million, and then Mm. kept rising as production went on. Right, interesting. Uh, Yeah, and there's all sorts of shenanigans that happened. Lots of weirdness, frankly.
0: Nineties movie sets, man.
1: Yeah, are you are you doing this on purpose?
0: No, I'm not. (laughs)
1: 1990 is the last year of the 80s. (laughs) Okay, just so we're clear. Figure
0: out. (laughs) i I saw your comment asking if i was trolling you and i was i did not understand what you meant this is a night it's from 1990 it's got 90 in the year name it is a 90s movie this is not an 80s movie it is the 10th
1: year of the 80s because lists start at one and end at 10
0: all right this is a how about this a late 80s early 90s film yeah
1: absolutely um we could,
0: can we compromise on that? We
1: can indeed. Uh All right. could do you find it over there if you've got it anywhere available to watch? It's
0: actually, it is on Amazon Prime and Hulu. Nice. And if you pay for the subscription to the Roku channel, it's also on that one. Oh, cool. It's yeah. kinda everywhere.
1: That's gonna help you out this year, isn't it? The the Roku channel. Possibly. You're gonna find lots of stuff. Uh over here it's available to rent everywhere, but I was able to get a free trial of the Stars channel. So I watched it on Stars. Okay. On On Amazon. Right. Uh, and then because I had a week, I was like, right, I'm going to go through. I'm going to find every other film on Stars that I want to watch. I could find one other film that I had not watched that I wanted to watch.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Fortunately, it was Whip It. And Whip It was amazing. Can we just talk about Whip It for an hour?
0: Is that the Drew Barrymore, Ellen Page <laughs> it skating is. movie?
1: It is. Have you seen it? Okay.
0: I have not. Okay.
1: It's going on the list. All right. It's going on the list for this. It's going on the list for Southern Fried Pop. We're going to talk about that everywhere we can.
0: Does it count as a Southern movie?
1: It's deep in the heart of Texas.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh, okay, by our <laughs> rules, that's not Southern, but we do Texas and Oklahoma movies, so we could probably do it.
1: I, I think this would definitely count for the culture that it's talking about. Okay. Small town Texas and people right. going to Austin and pageants and all right. and stuff. Yeah, good. Um, you
0: know what movie... Also counts as being Southern. Mm-hmm. Days of Thunder.
1: Yes. Well, yes. That's, that was kind of part of the conversation because of the, the NASCAR links. And y- you've mentioned NASCAR before, so I knew it was a thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've done the, the talk of your experience of NASCAR. And I mm-hmm. think I think I want to find out, di- did your knowledge of it help compared to the fact that, you know, I was just watching some cars racing. Um, Let's just talk about that cast before we get into it We've talked about Tony Scott, we've talked about Tom Cruise I think Robert Duvall's been in at least the Godfather movies Uh, Mm -hmm. So Nicole Kidman, welcome to the podcast Yeah,
0: this is our first Nicole Kidman Yeah,
1: for someone who's done so many films, that's quite surprising What do you know of Nicole Kidman?
0: I've actually seen a lot of her stuff But Hmm. when I think of Nicole Kidman, I think of Practical Magic and Moulin Rouge Right, okay like, those are my top two Nicole Kidman films.
1: Yeah, that's fair. They're very you films?
0: Yes. Yes, they are. I think it's a fair way to say it.
1: Uh, I'm just having a quick look to see. I've seen 14 of her 99 films. Okay. Uh, oh, and the most recent of which was Aquaman. Yes, brilliant.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot she was in Aquaman. Yes. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh I mean, nothing stands out. She's just an actress who appears in lots of stuff. Lots and Mm -hmm. lots of stuff. She was good in Paddington. That's worth watching.
0: Well, I haven't seen Paddington. Mm. Um, Bewitched was not great. I wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and
1: the show is so good of Bewitched, so it's such a shame the movie was not.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I mean, Stepford Wives was kind of forgettable. Oh, yeah. You know? But Practical Magic and Moulin Rouge.
1: Nice. Good. Awesome. So, did you enjoy Days of Thunder?
0: I actually did. Hmm. I'm I'm really surprised I did, honestly. And I I was... I really wanted to because I want to continue this trend of I've never seen a Tom Cruise movie I didn't like. Okay. And I have continued that trend, but...
1: Hang on. Didn't we watch something you didn't like?
0: No, that was a Tom Hanks movie. Uh, okay. (laughs) I have seen a Tom Hanks movie I didn't like. (laughs) Not a Tom Cruise movie that I didn't like.
1: Okay, fair, fair, fair.
0: Um... So, Joseph doesn't like Days of Thunder, Oh. and my impression was that you also did not super enjoy it, because I told you I still had to watch it, and your reaction was, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm very sorry. <laughs> so, I was kind of expecting it to not be a good movie, mm-hmm. and then I just enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it the what, whole way
1: through. Yeah, okay, get into the detail on that. What did you enjoy?
0: You know... I may have to say I enjoy this for the same reason that I really enjoy Talladega Nights. Because mm-hmm. honestly, they're very similar movies. Right. It's just one is drama and one is stupid humor comedy. Okay. <laughs> okay. But they are very similar. Because, both, with ta- I mean, ta- both with John C. Riley. Both with John C. Riley. And Talladega Nights actually takes itself seriously. Mm um, As far as the racing goes, the core
1: racing, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it takes it the like the characters are caricatures and over the top and ridiculous, but the mm. racing culture is they take it very seriously. And so it's very similar to this one and it reminds me of home. Oh, and I I think okay. that's the main thing. It reminds me of home so much. Like the sounds, the the visuals um the way people talk, like Robert Duval's character is like so many people that I know in my oh, life. Really? <laughs> or at least grew up around, um, you know, watching them build the car, watching him talk to the car. <laughs> I, don't, I I really, really enjoyed it. Yes,
1: <laughs> Oh, the car talking scene, crikey! Oh,
0: I there were two of them, and I thought they yeah. were amazing. I loved them. Okay, um, I I can sum up my feelings about the movie in four words. Okay, more racing, less romance.
1: Yeah, I was really pleased when you put that because. Yeah, we got to the end, and we went. We we could largely lift out Nicole Kidman. Yeah, certainly, certainly the romance aspect of it. Having a doctor, mm-hmm. fine, but I didn't care, and it meant right. nothing.
0: I think part of that has a lot to do with the timing of the movie, mm. the timeline of the movie, because this movie takes place over
1: like a, a year, at season. least a year, mm. if
0: not a year and a half, right? Because we get two ta- two Daytona races, okay, um, at the very least, and and. That's definitely the span of a year. And so there's a little bit more time in there. But it doesn't feel like it. Like, Mm. they don't mark time in the movie. And so it kind of feels like this all happened over the course of a month. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. Just because they don't give you those markers. And so it feels like there's no reason to be invested. You haven't seen development of these things, even though in the real world, time has passed. Mm -hmm. We just don't get to experience that. And like you said, that makes me not care.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it's a shame because, I mean, they have chemistry for obvious reasons, um, <laughs> but they do work well together. But in the end, she was irrelevant to the piece and yes. and a distraction from the really good stuff, which was his relationship with Harry, his relationship with the other drivers, His y- y- there's a lot more that could have been explored, mm-hmm. except it's a Tom Cruise movie, there's a romance and he's the central figure. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like you say, if they focused on Harry and made it about him building this racer in the same way you build a car, it would have been right. really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I wish we had gotten a lot more of the friendship development between Cole and Rowdy. Mm. Like, I knew it was going to happen. Okay. Um. After the dinner scene. Like when they both lied together and they mm. like were smiling at each other and they I was like yep they're gonna be friends yeah but the movie just said okay now they're friends yes like we didn't get to see that no
1: which is like a shame. all of a
0: sudden they were just a part of each other's lives and it would have been much nicer I think to see it if only because Michael Rooker was awesome
1: Michael Rooker is very good at what he does
0: he is. <laughs> Um, It's funny, I saw his name in the credits and I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. And then Mm -hmm. when he showed up on the screen, I was like, that guy looks really familiar. (laughs) I hadn't seen Michael Rooker with hair.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did not (laughs) tweak until the scene where Tom Cruise goes and sort of tries to force him to go to hospital. And there was something in there. I was like, it's Yondu.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It took me, I mean, I got it before that. I think it was in that first scene, but it took me. Like, I was looking at him like... Who is that?
1: Mm. I, I, is he
0: just, he's young, he has hair, and right. his voice isn't quite as gravelly as Yondu's.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah, he's probably um, younger here, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Nice. Um, so, yes, we could have lifted out uh, the romance aspect of it. I also think it's a problem that they spend so much of the film talking about Daytona and how important Daytona is like we paused it to get a drink or something towards the end and they hadn't even gotten to Daytona and there was only 15 minutes left and Mm. it's like if you're making this the big massive you know that in a in a football movie this would be the game at the end this would be right you know the typical sports stuff and there would be multiple stories going on but all the only story they had by this point because he can't talk to her so the romance gets left behind is can he win the race or not And it felt like we should have gotten there way, way sooner, and we should have been resolving lots of plots in the build-up to it at Daytona during the race, that kind of thing. And I think part of that is because the film it reminded me of was Cars. Yes. And Cars wholesale rips chunks of this film off. Yes. (laughs) Which I hadn't clicked before, and then watching this going, well, the bit with him trying to come out ahead of the race car, Cars does exactly that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and other stuff like that. But it's, you know, the final race, the training for the race, the final race at the end is a big piece with lots of different stories going on. And it really it really works, because it works even that he doesn't win. He doesn't win because he wants to help other people rather than win the race himself. And that in makes cars. him a better person. Yes, yeah. 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 Um Which they obviously couldn't do in this, because... Otherwise, it would have been him helping Michael Wicker in his last race, which was not the story they were going for. Although we did wonder if Robert Duvall was going to die at one point. Because that was the only other thing they hadn't done that was a kind of sports film standard.
0: (laughs) So I think ultimately what they were trying to do is... There were kind of a lot of different storylines that they were throwing in because we were dealing with um, Cole's PTSD after the accident. We were dealing with... Him being the rookie coming in and wanting to come out on top, we were also dealing with him. He did genuinely want to help Rowdy. Like he didn't get in the car just because he wanted to win. He really right. was trying to help his friend. Yeah. Um, and then you get this is also kind of Harry's redemption story coming mm. off of when he started. He was out of racing because of the investigation of Buddy Brotherton, and now this is showing that he really can do the car. Train a driver yep. and come out on top. Mm. And and so there are a lot of different things the movie was trying to do. And I think it did them mm-hmm. all well enough. None yeah. of them were great. Mm-hmm. um, And I, I kind of wish they had narrowed their focus a little bit more. Mm. And then it probably would have been a great movie. Yeah. But I kind of see what they were doing by not bringing us to Daytona until the end because – honestly, these races, its they're 500 laps. Oh, it's like four or five hours of just cars going around and around Jiminy, and around. And they cricket. can't show that yeah, no. in a movie, mm-hmm. right? And so we got to see him start the race, we got to see a pit stop, and then we got to see the last 10 laps. Yeah. Right? And I think that's reasonable, mm-hmm. you know, unless they really do want to cut away during the race and show something else. But during the race, everybody's going to be at the race. Yeah. And they were. And so, like, I can forgive them not having a ton of stuff at Daytona at the end.
1: Yeah, I, like, not necessarily of the racing, but even just getting there. And, mm-hmm. you know, him prepping, them prepping the car, him dealing with the relationship stuff while he's there or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she just kind of rocks up. There's no actual resolution to their story. Um, True. Yeah, it, yeah I, I. I wish it had gone... And done a bit more there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you said up top that this was Top Gun with stock car. Yeah. And I I think that is the other big problem with it for me because you're making this in a world in which Top Gun and other Tom Cruise or or films of this ilk exist. So you need to, to differentiate it, or your audience is going to sit there and going, "Well, we've kind of done this. You know, we know what this is like." give us something a bit different um
0: even to the point of having him roll up on a motorcycle
1: yeah it was it was the bit near the end where he kind of freaks out as he's going into the corner with a crash and and they do that in the final sequence of top gun where he has a freak out moment because it's reminding him of i think when goose died or something earlier in the film um right and it's like okay oh no now he's through and now he's fine now he's gonna win the day good well done him (laughs) (laughs) I quite enjoyed the implication that they invented drafting. <laughs> like, we're coming up with this new idea that I'm going to drive behind him and it's going to, you know, clear clear the air. Actually.
0: Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't read that that way. Okay. It wasn't as if they were they invented it. It was they had to explain to the audience what it was because they wanted it to be a plot point for mm-hmm. him to win the race at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's why they had him teaching Nicole Kidman what drafting was that was like Chekhov's drafting y- yeah honestly they they weren't inventing it they were just explaining it to the audience oh I, I
1: think it came across because he he says something like we've been working on this thing like yeah so has everyone else since cars are invented like,
0: <laughs> all right I didn't pick up on that at all
1: and it's funny because he yes he was using the drafting as a technique But it was actually the thing of him making him think he's going to go inside and then going around him, which I think I've seen in something else, possibly Talladega Nights and cars. Um, (laughs) But we could see that coming, but they built up to it quite nicely. But it's almost, well, why did you not? Why why did you do the whole thing about the drafting when you've got this other strategy you can use?
0: Well, because it was a combination of the two. Like he had to use the draft to be able to slingshot around him, mm. but the direction he went was the outsider inside,
1: right? So mm. that's
0: that's I. Mm. It worked for me. I
1: like the moment. I think they almost overplayed their hand on the drafting, perhaps. Okay, there? all
0: right. Yeah.
1: Um. So you are very familiar with NASCAR. Um. I am not at all. So I go. Yeah. Okay. This is a racing film, fine. Is there stuff in this, other than just the kind of the familiarity with it and that level of enjoyment that sort of helps the film at all? Is there anything you picked up and going, oh, that's quite a niche element of the sport or a nuance that you wouldn't always see?
0: I don't think I'm the right person to answer that question since I didn't know NASCAR was more than regional. (laughs) Right. I mean, wasn't more than regional. (laughs) Like, I thought NASCAR was just... Everybody knows about NASCAR, right? And so I... I don't know what's common and what's not. Okay. If that makes sense. So that's that's just a harder question for me to answer. No,
1: that's fair. Okay. So my only other experience of this was the fact that I had Days of Thunder that, for the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Ooh. Uh, I had no, never seen the film, but right. I had that game when I was you know, probably 10, something on those lines. Okay. Maybe a bit older when I actually had an S. It's probably more accurate, but had the days of thunder game and it's atrocious <laughs> it's one of the worst things because controllers back in those days the buttons were pressed or not pressed they didn't have any kind of you know trigger or depth to them right, so right. you were either accelerating or breaking basically yes. so if you went into a corner at speed you would smash into the side but the alternative is to brake and creep around the corners. So you almost couldn't win a race. And then um, you either were trashing your car or getting overtaken and doing that. And the only way I ended up being able to play through the game was with a game genie. And a code that made the car's handle better.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: And it's NASCAR. So it's the same game every time. It, right, it, right. You get this little graphic of like a dude on a motorbike. And he rocks up and there's a sign next to him that's like Daytona or somewhere in Florida or probably you Talladega know, or Talladega or Rockingham yeah, or
0: Indianapolis.
1: Wherever in Carolina they do it, they do it in Valley. That's
0: Rockingham. Okay. Uh yeah. It's so well, there's two. <laughs> there were two in North Carolina. There was Rockingham and then um Charlotte. Rockingham is closed now, but the Charlotte Motor Speedway is still there. Just FYI, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. By the way, oh cool. We took my dad there for Father's Day the year before last.
1: So yeah, there was no differentiation between the tracks or what seemed to be going on.
0: That's interesting because the tracks are all differently shaped. Okay. Like the 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 track shapes are specific to where they are. Like Charlotte and Rockingham are not the same. Talladega and Indianapolis are not the same. Right. They're not ah. all just circles. They're, I mean, they're all vaguely oval and they're <laughs> round, right? But the way the curves, I don't know. They're, they are different. Okay.
1: Because I, I think the two tracks you had were an oval or a triangle, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, the other one is, of course, Daytona Racing, which is the ones you get in arcades with the giant seats and four things yeah. linked together and you have a rolling start and stuff. Always yeah. enjoyed them. We would do that pre and post-cinema. You know, growing up, go and go and mm-hmm. have a play on them, but that's the experience of NASCAR and Days of Thunder. Some pretty crappy video games.
0: <laughs> the um the NASCAR Hall of Fame has racing simu- simulators. Oh, cool! It's so, like they have um like a practice area that's less fancy, like the actual like with that you wait in line, like the attraction. Okay, is actual. They have race cars sitting that you get into the race car, like you're in a real yeah. race car. Um, And then you have to watch – like, it doesn't move, but you're driving it like you are in one of those arcade games. And so you've got the screen, and you're actually playing against the other people in that simulation. Oh, I like it. Which is really cool, but I – when we went – um, we paid for all three of us to have unlimited unlimited simulations, but I did nice. so terribly in, like, the practice that I never even got in the car. Oh. I was like, I'm going to ruin this for so many people. So my dad and my brother both did right. the, the car one, but I did not because I am a terrible race car oh, driver. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was still fun, though.
1: Good, good. Yeah.
0: And if anybody is vaguely interested in NASCAR and is ever in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, I do recommend going to the NASCAR Hall of Fame because it is really interesting. Nice. Um, it's- and it, it's a relatively quick tour through, but you get you get to see the history and there's like so many artifacts and like there's actual race cars. You can see actual like racing suits and how that has like evolved over time. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, it's just, it's interesting.
1: Okay. Cool. Is Charlotte the state capital?
0: No, Raleigh is the capital. Oh,
1: okay. Because is there a basketball team in Charlotte?
0: There it was. It okay. left. It may have come back.
1: Okay. Because that's my experience from NBA Jam. I think
0: Charlotte Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets yeah, were think... there for most of my life. But then they left. I think they went to Texas or something. Uh,
1: okay. Mm. They
0: may have come back, but I'm not positive about that. Okay. I don't pay attention to sports ball. <laughs>
1: um are there other aspects of this film you want to talk through
0: um i think before i get to my favorite parts i think Mm. the the one thing that i really wish they had done more of was showing harry teaching cole about cars Mm.
1: agreed and and
0: how the way he maneuvers the car can make him a better driver Mm -hmm. like they told us that that happened they didn't show us Right. I mean, we got the one yeah. scene with the tires. Like, yeah. Do 50 yeah, laps right. your way and 50 laps my way. Yeah. Um, but it would have been nicer to kind of see that relationship evolve more and, mm. and have him really be that teacher figure. Like, yeah. I wanted to see it on screen rather than them tell me.
1: Yeah. Completely agree. And that's, I think, that moment of him teaching him something and, and showing the practical example of it. That is absolutely a standard sport film tropey thing. At some point, the coach has to almost belittle to prove Mm -hmm. their quality to to the person.
0: Right. I think that that's part of what makes sports movies so interesting. I don't like sports, but I love sports movies. It's because they do these sorts of things and make the emphasis on the relationships rather than the sport itself. Mm. So that by the time you get to the end, you're so invested in the characters, you want them to win at the football or the basketball or the NASCAR racing, right? Yep. Like, it's not about the sport. Like, you don't want them to win just because you love basketball. You want them to win because you love the people. Yeah, the absolutely. Mm.
1: Yeah, you're just making me think of all the different sports films, and that's how they do it. You know, Kevin Costner doing golf, or mm-hmm. even High School Musical, or there's a, a, a football, soccer film called Goal. and That's the one that okay. that made me think about the whole kind of coach teaching them a lesson thing, because our hero doesn't pass the ball very well. He loves dribbling, so he's always trying to go around people and this sort of thing. And so the coach pulls him aside and is like, can you take the ball and go and score in that goal? And and the coach then takes the ball and lumps it over his head and into the goal way faster than he can run it there. And he then brings him back up the pitch and says, right, do it again. And he just, he does this three times in a row <laughs> to sort of show him that, you know, you can score with a pass rather than running it. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah. And then he says,
1: right, what have you learned? You're really good at target. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the point. Yeah. Um. Okay. So what did you enjoy? Because you enjoyed the film as a whole. I'm, I, I it, did. It's interesting how it doesn't sound like there was a moment that got you or a thing that really did it. I mean, is there anything you can point to that you loved?
0: I mean, I was in it from the beginning, honestly. And I, I think that's the nostalgia factor because it reminds okay. me of Home so mm, much, nice. honestly. But the entire relationship, like every time Robert Duvall and Tom Cruise were on screen together, I loved it. Yeah. Those two are so good. Like, have they done other movies together? If they haven't, they need to.
1: Mm, I don't think so. Nothing's coming to mind.
0: I really enjoyed the dynamics of those two.
1: Uh, I'm just having a look at the films that Robert Duvall has done. There's nothing standing out as also having Tom Cruise.
0: Okay.
1: I was about to say, oh, no. But no, it's Days of Thunder. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I, okay. I I like to uh, Robert Duvall cuz obviously I always think of him from The Godfather but actually yeah he's really good at this kind of everyman just getting on with the job not necessarily rising to other people Right right yeah I I I always like his performances
0: Dude the last scene of the movie the one where they like freeze frame it Yep when he's like um do I need to carry you? Can you walk? Like Tom Cruise is saying, that's Robert Duvall. And mm. Robert Duvall is like, Psh, I'll race you. And then he gets up and starts running. Yeah. That was amazing. I loved it. Like, I seriously cracked up. Like, I laughed. I clapped. It's one of those great things. Yeah. I loved it.
1: And, and again, the the ending of the film tells us what the film is about. He doesn't go and get a big snog from Nicole Kidman. He goes, right, he goes and fongs with the coach. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and, you know, piggybacking off of that relationship, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed how in this movie they showed male vulnerability without shame.
1: Mm. Um,
0: Even though, so he came across very cocky to start with, mm-hmm. um, but he ended up admitting to Harry really quickly that he didn't understand what he was saying, that he didn't know anything about cars. He was just good at driving them. Yeah. You know, he was like up front. He, and he did it in such a way of, I need you to tell me what you're saying because I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then when um he got into the accident, you know, he was open to hearing what the doctor had to say and understanding, okay, I can't go drive right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Rowdy can't go drive right now. We are sick. We need to heal. It's okay. Like, it sucks. We want to drive, but we are not less people. Like, we are not lesser men. Yeah. Because we have these limitations. And while the movie had some prob- a few problematic areas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly around the hired stripper, mm-hmm. highway patrolman thing, you know, in general, I felt like they did a really good job of portraying male relationships.
1: Yeah, definitely agreed.
0: And for this being a southern movie in the 90s, mm-hmm. late 80s, <laughs> that's pretty spectacular. And yeah. it made me appreciate the movie even more.
1: Yeah, there was some of that stuff it did really well. I I felt a little that it might have been a bit unearned for him to suddenly open up about what his problem was, uh, and it flip flopped on his character a little bit because you're absolutely right. It did some really good stuff with him convincing Rowdy to go and you know get medical help and trying to sort things out, but at the same time he's trashing cars and reacting on the track and you know trying to race a taxi driver stuff like that. I, I don't think they quite sort of threaded the needle on his character or either showing character growth or, you know, he is a nice gentle person, but he needs the competitive side to win the race or something.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They just were okay, his character.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But he's not necessarily the protagonist. So.
0: <laughs> that's fair.
1: <laughs> just he wrote that's the film. Fair. So he rocks up on a motorbike. Uh <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
0: No, he had the story idea for the film. True. The other guy wrote the film.
1: The other guy who's a proper writer. Yeah. uh, He wrote like Chinatown, which is one of the best written films ever. Haven't seen it. Uh, What were the other things? I saw he had this whole list of stuff that's really good. Because after this, he then did The Firm and two of the Mission Impossible films. So he and Cruz obviously worked well together. But yeah, he'd worked on, uncredited work on The Godfather. He'd worked on Chinatown, Heaven Can Wait, Red's Greystoke, which is supposed to be quite good. Never seen it, but... Hmm. What on him?
0: What about you? I know you weren't particularly excited about this movie, but were there things that you liked?
1: Uh, Yes, there's a couple of moments where it wins me over, but then it never, again, does anything with them. We've not mentioned Randy Quaid.
0: Dude, Cousin Eddie cleans up so well. Right?
1: But but <laughs> even more than that, I mean, Randy Quaid has made a career from playing schmuck idiots. Yeah. You know, Cousin Eddie, the father in Independence Day. Um, He's one of the bowlers in Kingpin. And I seem uh-huh. to remember him being very similar in that as well. Although it's been a very long time. Um, right, right. But in this, he is in charge, confident businessman doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really, what he's really good at it. His performance might be the best of the film, but part of that might obviously come from the fact that it's Randy Quaid, and I did not expect this performance from Randy Quaid.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, did it stand out to you as different from what he normally does? Or
0: yes, right. I mean, even just the way he looked, the way he carried himself mm. was very different than what you usually see. Because we usually get that over-the-top craziness. Yeah, like he's always this eclectic kind of outsider sort and here he was the owner of a race car team right Mm. like he owned cars and and the drivers and he was a proper businessman
1: yeah it was it was such a surprise to have that i would have expected him to be the john c Riley character or something like that or another idiot driver who Mm -hmm. tom cruise replaces something like that but no
0: right yeah he's
1: the boss and then they give him the moment in the end where he comes good and helps them out because he's actually a decent human being
0: right yeah yeah i really actually enjoyed that moment too where mm. he has his team help push him out of the pit get yeah there faster mm. um that was nice it's good
1: yeah uh the the, the moment that stood out for me uh, and had me absolutely rolling in a fit of laughter was as they're being wheeled down the corridor in the hospital Mm-hmm. And as they're going, they start wheeling themselves a bit faster and a bit faster and a bit faster. And then they are properly racing around the hospital in wheelchairs. Yes. And Like, almost that's where it seems like it's going to try to do a thing about they need this competitive spirit. They can have fun with it, but they need it on the track as well. And that's how they live their lives. I, I I think after this, it only comes out in aggression or on the track. But that mm-hmm. moment was genuinely funny. It was a surprise in the middle of the film. And and I liked okay. it. and And I'm, I'm disappointed the film didn't then go further than that. But it was so good.
0: Okay. See, well, and I see the motivation as slightly different than you. Like, okay. I wasn't reading it as they have to always be competitive. It was specifically these two are the top two. They just caused each other to wreck. And they don't know yet who's better. So they're always going to be competing against each other to try right. and figure that out. It's not... It was specific to those two characters.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right. It's
0: okay. so like, I feel like if it had been any other race car driver besides Rowdy with Cole, they wouldn't have done that. Mm. But it was Rowdy and Cole and that's why they did it.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, and I wonder if this is just, it's the the, the typical story in a uh, sports film. So you kind of expect yeah. that about, you know, they compete over everything.
0: Right. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe.
1: But yeah, that was a good moment. That I liked.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad there was something. Yeah.
1: So was I, frankly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well then, is there anything else that we need to discuss about Days of Thunder?
1: Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. I don't know what that even means. No one says it in the film. And I don't think it's actually a a phrase that people use. And if you, you told me it was a film called Days of Thunder, I'd be like, oh, that's some story about a kid going to live on an Iowa farm in the stormiest season they've ever had and he like twister fell in love with a girl yeah something but you know the kind of and it starts off with him as an old man recounting well i remember when you know i had to go and live and we called them the days of thunder (laughs) but no no days of thunder as a reference to the cars it means nothing it's a ridiculous title
0: i mean i assume it has to do with the sound of the race cars but then so say it's just that like you know days of listening to this rumbling like thunder rumbles race cars rumble
1: it- yeah but I, 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 it baffles me absolutely baffles me i wonder if there is a scene where someone mentions it and they go let's just take it out that's an awful scene
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i don't know
1: oh well well there we go
0: good there we go all right well if you would like to join the conversation and tell us a different movie title for days of thunder you can use the hashtag pc deprived on twitter you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at eloquent gushing or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com.
1: pop culture deprived is completely funded by listeners like you through patreon anything you can give even one dollar a month it gives access to exclusive content helps us support the network and it helps us to develop new shows if you want to find out more go to patreon.com
0: And we'll be back next week where we are going to talk about Star Trek Generations. Until then, I'm Mandy Kay.
1: And I feel the need, the need for, no, wait. (laughs) Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing.